0: hello and welcome back to feminist fangirl podcast with your host emma or with me with emma your host that's me that sounds right Alrighty, and welcome back so this is technically episode three the second official episode and we'll be talking about gender roles again but this time we're going to be looking at the origin of gender roles and what they kind of look like in different societies plan was to film this thing in the morning and it is now 1:15 and i don't know how that happened but i woke up this morning a little congested i think it's because i slept with my window open which means like cuz it's quite cold it's quite cold right now it's october in canada which means it do be getting a bit freezy. i'm surprised it hasn't snowed yet i mean it's lightly snowed but it hasn't like snowed snowed but let's just hope that that stays out until halloween because I am so excited for Halloween this year. It's not even funny, but I ate an orange and it wasn't that good. So I'm kind of sad. I'm just seeing the remnants in front of remnants, remnants, rem, the, the parts of it. (laughs) I don't think I'm saying that word right, but I'm just seeing like the parts of the orange that I didn't eat. And it's like looking at me like, come on, eat us. You know, you know, we're good for you, but I'm like, "Mm, but you guys kind of tasted a little weird. I don't know, it wasn't very orangey, it's like I bit into it, and it was very, I don't even know, it wasn't good, it was not good, but that's been my day so far, eating an orange, waking up a little stuffy, I made a TikTok, speaking of, if you want to follow my TikTok, the handle is ZiggyO, but so, I I spell it Zed, I'm from Canada, so we say Zed, not Z, sorry, sorry. Z <laughs> sorry that also sounded so canadian oh my God. wow anyways um z i g g y for ziggy and the way i do the o to make it look fun it's like a an o and then a zero and then another o so it's like oh anyways that's my tiktok handle i make tiktoks i made it to mostly promote this podcast but i also like doing makeup and i go th- I do I'm kind of getting into fashion a little bit so I like showing off my little fits. And then I'm also like some special effects stuff like using liquid latex. Talk about feminism on there a little bit cuz you know me, quite the feminist. And yeah, so that's my that's my TikTok. I also have like a main Instagram of the same handle, but I also have an Instagram for this podcast where you can get notifications of when a new episode is going on, or, like, what the next episode might be, some little hints, a little, little more information, you know, but that, so my podcast Instagram handle is, oh, I just changed it this morning, Uh uh-oh, I should go, it's just because I've been wanting to change it since I made it, but the thing is, they weren't letting me, because it said I had to wait for two weeks, and it's just, it didn't look that aesthetic, oh, I think it's just feminist fangirl, and then an underscore, underscore? But before, it was feminist fangirl underscore podcast, but that handle was just too long, and it was not aesthetically pleasing, and it was making me so mad. So I changed it this morning, but... So follow me on the social medias if you want. No pressure. You can just sit here and listen, and that's supporting me anyways. Really appreciate everyone who listens to this podcast. I actually got a lot more listeners than I thought I would, so that, that's bringing me a little bit of a serotonin boost. So, last episode... We kind of introduced the basic ideas of gender roles and kind of what they look like. So I'm just going to do a little recap in case someone missed it. This is their first episode. Welcome, welcome. We talk about feminism, but in a very casual way, as you can tell. Um, But last episode talked about, yeah, like the general idea of gender roles and what they kind of look like. So gender roles are the roles, expectations, yada, yada, that have been projected onto the different genders in a society. So what we can see is, like, with a man, they have to be working, they have to be kind of emotionally unavailable is kind of my best way to put it, versus women, you know, have to stay at home, have to look after the kids, must be dainty, blah, blah, blah. So those are kind of, like what gender roles are. I think it's something that is prominent in society and affects everyone every day because it kind of shoves people into boxes and forces them to not always be able to express themselves in the way that they want to. Um, But I think it's something that's been so integrated into our brains that it's hard for us to notice and it's hard for us to uh, pick up on. So that's why we're talking about it. We also kind of talked about how um, gender roles are in the entertainment industry a little bit. I see it a lot in anime still. A very segregated difference between men and women and their roles in stories and plot lines and stuff. So even given that episode a listen, you could. You also don't have to. No pressure once again. But yeah, I guess this leads us into this episode's idea or theme. So we're going to talk about the origins of gender roles, or at least modern day gender roles, because gender roles have actually been perceived differently throughout very many different cultures and throughout very many different eras and all of that jazz. A lot of things can affect certain gender roles. So I guess we're kind of looking more at the origins of modern day gender roles. So the gender roles that kind of affect us right now more so like what do what's like the difference between modern day gender roles versus let's say like Victorian era European gender roles so when we look at modern day gender roles we kind of associate pink with women and blue with men but that that wasn't always true that kind of changed but that is modern day gender roles as well as women staying home and men working that is also applicable to modern day gender roles Also applicable to probably Victorian age gender roles, but a bunch of different cultures did not view gender roles that way back in the day either. So yeah, so when we're talking about this origin of gender roles, we are kind of talking more about the modern day gender roles, unless gender roles that has to do with like Victorian age or anything pre-industrial revolution really because we'll see that the birthplace of the gender roles that kind of affect us at least very prominently in north american culture so like canada america even probably mexico as well as european countries i think are probably more affected by these modern day gender roles that i'll be talking about as well because they are very heavily influenced by the industrial revolution which is wild So when we look at gender roles, we can actually see that they prominently stem from agriculture and agriculture, society, and work, which is kind of wild, but it makes sense, and I'll explain why it makes sense. So, firstly, we have to understand something that I'm gonna talk about, and probably talk about a lot in future episodes, but the difference that I see between gender and sex. So, I view gender and sex differently. So, gender is kind of more your gender identity, how you portray yourself. So, I myself am a female. I go by the pronouns she/her and I feel very strongly in my femininity. I really do. It's something that I actually had to struggle to find. I was always I was always almost pushed into a box. Like, I always was like I was a tomboy, let's say, like a tomboy. I don't like that term because, once again, it is pushing people into boxes, right? Like, it's saying, like, oh, if you're not traditionally like a woman, then, well, you're a tomboy. You're not even like a woman or a girl. So, but I was traditionally a tomboy. I wore sweatpants, sweatshirts every single day. Sweatpants, sweatshirts. (laughs) Every single day, I had short hair. I was super into, like, superheroes, which wasn't really necessarily seen as feminine at the time because this I find that things have gotten very progressive within even just like the past three years it's insane what COVID has done to the internet and the spread of information whack-a-doodle wow we're getting into a lot of things that like I'm I'm so passionate about I am so excited to talk about like all of this stuff more in depth I am so excited anyways um And for a while, there, I totally embraced that. I was like, "Oh, yeah, I'm such a tomboy. I reject anything feminine because I see it as weak and blah blah blah, and ooh, I basically wanted to be a boy i like even though I knew that i I wasn't, I never felt I never felt that way, but i I wanted to force myself almost to be more like a a man because I didn't like what I viewed the idea of woman as, which was very fragile, feminine, pink, makeup, and I associated that with, I'm not gonna lie, with being weak and being lesser. So I wanted to associate myself with things that um, are more associated with men. So even though I was more of a tomboy always growing up, there was a time in my life where I basically rejected any idea of femininity because I viewed it as a weakness. So, but then that actually had quite, negative consequences because as we started growing up and maturing and puberty hit, I started to get bullied for how anti-feminine I was because I was a girl, I identify as a girl, I always have, but because I wasn't fitting into the gender role of female or women or girl, I got misgendered so much and it it was really hurtful. And it's just crazy that because I had short hair, And even though I had boobs, people would be like, thank you, sir, for holding the door. And I'm like, do you not see my actual like that are just like hanging out here, man? And then I got I got bullied. I got ridiculed, blah, blah, blah. And then so I started to do the opposite spectrum where I was forcing myself into the idea of a a woman box or like the idea of women. So I started wearing makeup a lot. I started buying dresses, which is something that I had never thought that I would ever own in my life but I basically did a whole 180 and throughout this entire time I still myself you know I identify as a as a woman but here's my thing you can identify as a woman whether or not you fit the stereotypes of the man box or fit the stereotypes of the woman flower see throughout this entire journey of me flip for flipping back and forth between wanting to be not seen as weak versus not wanting to get ridiculed because I was different than what I was supposed to be it was a very confusing journey and I finally for once kind of feel comfortable with my gender identity as as being a female because I know now that I can wear sweatpants and a baggy shirt and it's no different I am no I am no more than a female no more of a woman than when I do get dressed up and wear makeup and wear a dress so that's the idea of where gender identity comes in. It's with whatever gender you identify, whatever gender you feel strong with. I feel more prominently with femininity and females and women. I, I feel very strongly with that identity, even though some days, I've, I don't know, I feel like I look like a man. But the thing is, you can't really look like a man because a man isn't something that you look like. A man isn't something that you act like. A man is a gender identity. You identify as a man. You identify as a woman now versus how i view sex so sex is what you're biologically born as to me there's two different sexes there's female and male i was born female so i am a cis i'm cisgender so i'm a cisgender female which means that my when i say cisgender which is a it's just a term that i feel like a lot of people don't know of but when i say cisgender that does mean that my gender identity correlates with the same sex that i was born as Versus, let's say you're transgender, that means that the sex you were born as does not correlate with your current gender identity. But that doesn't mean that you're any less of whatever gender you identify. Trans women are women, trans men are men, and it's a beautiful thing. So getting that conversation and those ideas out of the way, we're gonna kind of introduce once again where the origins of gender roles came from. So, biologically speaking, the differences between these sexes are very- are bi- are biological. (laughs) Biologically speaking, the differences between sex are biological. Guys, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to speak. But that's okay. That- that is a-okay. So, biologically speaking, men are, like, the sex, uh, male. Biologically speaking, the sex male is stronger than female, like, the sex female, just because of the differences in hormone, bone structure, and muscle mass. Physically speaking, they are stronger. Biologically speaking, there are differences between the sexes male and female. Now, because of that, during the pre-industrial revolution, work ethics were off the charts. People viewed work as something that should be done a lot, efficiently, and they could do like lots of it, if that makes any sense whatsoever. But speaking of, which is often why men... Would work on farms, while, women took care of the house. So men could physically do more labor and could physically do more on the farm, which means that they were making more, they were bringing in more income. so it makes sense why they would have it that way just at the time, and the work ethics and blah, blah blah. And then they would they would basically be working all day on the farms and in the agriculture industry. Uh, So they wouldn't have, they would be exhausted, wouldn't have any time for anything. So that's where the women would have to take care of the house and the children because there literally wasn't a man around to do that because they were working all day and then would be exhausted. So that's where gender roles kind of stem from, is it comes from this idea of men have to be out working in the field, doing as much as they can, and then women pick up the slack in their personal life, I guess, almost, or pick up their home life or are in charge of the home life, are in charge of the home, like, that's their area. So, the origin of gender roles, or modern-day gender roles that affect us, actually stem quite largely from the agriculture industry. Guys, there is so much talking in this podcast compared to the previous one. Lots of information, though, and this is actually really good information, because I didn't know any of this before I actually started to do research for this podcast, and it is quite fascinating, and it makes sense when you look at it. But Plough Agriculture refers to like the loosening and turning of dirt on the on the farm and as well as planting the seeds so that is plow agriculture so that was a very l- manual and laborious work so that's why oftentimes men would do that work because they were bi- they're biologically stronger and biologically built to last longer out in in those kind of conditions now we see though That um, over the years, so this is kind of like an idea that started like pre, like right before the industrial revolution, like pre-industrial revolution. Because a lot of people lived on farms. It was very, it wasn't very urban. There wasn't very many cities. So once the industrial revolution started occurring, we see people urbanizing and moving to the cities. And then they actually brought these ideas with them into the cities. So Men would still go out and work and women were still at home, even though the jobs labor was probably not as physically demanding and the women could work as well for as long or can do as much work, yada, yada. But they adopted those ideas with them as they moved into more urban areas throughout the Industrial Revolution, which is why we see those kind of ideas and stuff still implemented in modern day society. Now obviously different cultures and different societies and different countries adopted the industrial revolution faster or slower than others. So what came with the idea of the industrial revolution other than urbanization was also the idea of tractors and steam engines and using machines to get more labor for what like to get more products with less labor. So countries that adopted a more contemporary measure of farming so those are like using tractors using more machine so very much north america canada america and then european countries you know were the first to the industrial revolution so definitely them we see them actually having less of a view on gender roles or less of a difference between genders than societies these days who were I guess not necessarily, I don't want to necessarily slower to the Industrial Revolution, but almost didn't adopt the same, weren't, weren't able to adopt the same ideas, principles, and tools for their industrial, for the Industrial Revolution at the time. So countries like Egypt continued to use plow agriculture without these new contemporary technologies. So they were still using horses, still using manual labor, still using carts, while other countries were able to start adopting these uh, more modern machines. So we see then that men were still kind of more forced to do farming because it was a more strenuous and laborious work in countries like Egypt versus throughout the Industrial Revolution, we see women now being able to probably do more labor because of the machines and yada yada and the more modern day technology. And we can actually see how this has a difference in views on genders, because there was a poll done. I don't know by who, and I don't know by when, but I should figure it out. But there was like, I guess more of a questionnaire, not necessarily a poll, but they looked at the differences on how different countries view the differences in men and women. So one of the questions or statements on this questionnaire was, if jobs are low, men have more right to a job than women. And so, true or false? And when we view the results in Iceland, Iceland, which is a more progressive country we see, um, probably adopted the ideas of the Industrial Revolution faster, adopted modern machinery faster, and they had a 3.6% agree- agreeance rate, which personally, to me, is 3.6% too high. And I will not stop this podcast until I see that number go down to zero. Just kidding. I can't actually watch that number go down to zero. But if we look at Egypt and their results of this questionnaire, 99.6% of them agreed, which shows you how they still see that physicality, that biological difference as being prominent almost because they were so... They weren't able to adopt modern machinery as fast as other countries, and we see that having an effect on their ideas of gender roles today. So, yeah, that just kind of looks at how gender roles came about, and where gender roles kind of came about, and how shifts in urbanization and the industrial revolution have actually shaped and influenced our ideas, even ideas like gender roles. Now, a fun little fact. Now, I don't know if this is true, but I did hear this from someone a little bit back, but the idea of pink associated with women and blue associated with men or like boys or girls or whatever Wasn't actually always it wasn't always that correlation and it was actually opposite. But during some feminist movement or women movement, women were refusing to wear blue because of that association with women. So there was actually a flip flop. But we can see now that even though there was a flip flop, these gender roles are still applicable and they're still present and they're still. Really heavy in some societies, less in other societies, like I will say on um, uh, North American societies, we have way less gender roles, way less gender expectation than so many other countries, and I am so thankful for that. But I am still here to break down the barriers that I am still seeing. But if we view gender roles in some other countries... For example, in Korea, there was this photographer who did this social almost experiment and she asked parents to take pictures of their child's things. So like their toys, their clothes, things that they use, etc. And when when like put in comparison, like you take all of these pictures of all of these kids' things, when you put them side by side, you saw that Girl kids stuff was predominantly still pink, and boys stuff was predominantly blue. So it shows that in Korea, gender roles are actually still heavy and heavily influence individuals, including what to buy their children the moment they're born. Pink stuff for girls, and then blue stuff for boys. Now, because gender roles, or modern day gender roles, uh, kind of stemmed from Agriculture and the agriculture industry. I oftentimes think that that's why communities and individuals who grew up in agriculture industries or an in agriculture lifestyle are a little less progressive and liberal. And, I, and I'm not applying this to everyone. Like, this is just a complete general statement and from what I've observed and seen. Now, I'm saying that as like a general statement from what I've viewed and from what I've seen is that it does seem like the more rural areas are less progressive, less liberal, and not necessarily just in their politics, but I'm just talking about ideas like LGBTQ and their rights, ideas like feminism and the equality between genders, etc. Some, you know, there's still some misogyny in the world quite a bit that's why I'm making this podcast and I don't want to say like oh it's only in the rural areas because it's everywhere it really is everywhere but just from what I've seen it is a little bit more prominent in rural areas than urban areas and communities and this is no hate against farming or the agriculture industry because it is something that is really hard work and it is something that you know that I really really appreciate that people do I, uh, I actually worked three summers, I think, I think it was three summers, yeah, doing row gang for canola fields uh, in Alberta, which is like walking through canola and picking A, number one bad canola, or B, like female from the male rows, and then males from the female rows rose and it was a really hard job like you were out in the heat all day had to wear long sleeves because of how many different physical concerns like bees stinging you or the getting like severe sunburn and you had to make sure you were consistently hydrated i remember i would drink so much water on the field but i would literally sweat it out i actually never even i never peed while i was roguing which is actually quite impressive, I have to say. It's one of my uh, few feats in life. <laughs> but yeah, I do have a huge appreciation for um, agriculture and farming, but I do think that because this is kind of where gender roles have stemmed from, that there is a less liberal or a less, less progressive ideas that, are, that still linger within these communities also these gender roles can be gender roles the main origin of gender roles can be connected mostly to the industrial revolution too because that's when widespread of knowledge started to begin as technology started advancing we were able to start communicating better and start sharing ideas so Oftentimes, I think that this might be the prominent origins of gender roles also because this was when mass information was able to be shared faster, more efficiently, and better. Because previously, not many people would be able to share information. It would have to be like handwritten in books. But during the Industrial Revolution, we see mass advances in communicative technology, which is awesome. So, those are the origins. And there's this There's this book that my friend gave me as a gift. Can't remember if it was, like, for my birthday or Christmas. I mean, my birthday's so close to Christmas that it's so hard to, like, figure out which gift is from which. I was born in January. January 17th. Capricorn, baby. You know, so. Money obsessed. Blah, blah, blah. Just kidding. I don't actually believe in astrology but i do find it really cool and fascinating and i do know a lot about zodiac signs i'm not even gonna lie i do i do read about them quite a bit i don't know i'm feeling so strange right now maybe the freaking jupiter's in retrograde or something you're tearing up my orange when i'm with you and everything okay i'm sorry i got so sidetracked there i just i just thought of retrograde talking about astrology and i am honestly kind of feeling like weird today but filming this podcast has made me feel more energetic and happy so thank you guys for listening and allowing me to have this platform so i'll get back into the book so my friend gave me this book it's called we have always been here and it's by samra habib And she grew up in Pakistan, and then eventually her family became refugees as they faced threats from Islamic extremists, extremists, sorry, because her herself, she is an Ahmadi. an Amadi, she grew up as an uh, Ahmadi. Ahmadi, Muslim growing up in Pakistan and they faced many threats and they faced many they faced many struggles in Pakistan be- based off of their religious beliefs, based off of their religion and they were actually forced to leave as refugees and they came over to Canada. So this book follows her story they start off growing up in pakistan and then as she's able to move to canada you know you get to follow her story of her transition and then learning about her queerness and it's a really good story it was very it was very eye-opening to me because it's something that isn't too far from my personal life because there could be people my age who are Pakistan refugees, you know, came directly from Pakistan. There are so many refugees that do come to Canada. So it is is something that can affect something or someone that I know directly. It's also very prominent because it actually opened my eyes to beliefs and a lot of things that are going on around the world that I had actually no idea about or different aspects of different cultures that I had no idea about or just how hard it was for a refugee to come back and move away from their home country, even if there's threats, because you're leaving a place of home, you're leaving a place of known and going into a place that you don't know of, or that you don't have any knowledge of, and how scary that is. It's, so it's a brilliant book, and I loved reading it, and I would recommend it to anyone really I think it's a great it's a great read but at the beginning of the novel when they start off in Pakistan they it really shows you the prominence of gender roles in other societies because gender roles were very prominent in this book and in Pakistan as she explained and explored these ideas and you kind of get to see it through the eyes of a as a of a child you know through most of it so you almost get to have this borderline innocent view of how these damaging ideas and stuff have an effect on you know like a developing brain like like someone like a child right and so one of one of the things that really struck me with this um book is just how much women weren't aren't allowed to almost express joy because they weren't they're not allowed to necessarily they're not supposed to be loud like my dogs And one of the moments in the book, I am going to talk a little bit about sexual assault and rape. So if that makes you uncomfortable, please skip ahead about probably about two minutes. But there is a moment in the book when she is very young, the storyteller, and she does get sexually assaulted by an older man. And when she does go and to tell her mom because she's very confused by it. And she explains this in the book, but it's her mom's way of showing her love because it's the only way to survive in, in like a Pakistan culture community, but her mom's reaction first was to make sure that there actually wasn't any penetration between, you know, like private parts between penis and vagina, because that means that her virginity has been taken away and women who's, who are no longer virgins are almost seen as like unmarriable in that society. So that really struck me because her mom's first concern wasn't that, she was hurt in any way her mom's first concern was she had been to make sure that she hadn't been quote unquote tainted almost by losing her virginity that that really struck something within me that was crazy but as she explains it in the novel she was like that was her mother's own way of showing love in that situation because she knew that that was the only way that can guarantee a future for her daughter was making sure that no one knew you know making sure that she stayed a virgin making sure that others knew that she stayed a virgin which is crazy and and wild and it it hurt it hurt my heart reading that part it really did i think it's something that's very important in how we kind of view sex too as well it's it's something i uh, sex liberation i think is right there within the forefronts of women's rights and gender roles because just the way that societies have viewed sex they've viewed it as something that women aren't necessarily supposed to enjoy but almost like a power tool for them right it's something that they can give it's something that they can take away and it's something that's for the man and that is not true it's something that can be a, that should and is be a posit ex- positive experience for both people on both ends Women can enjoy sex. Wow, what a shocker. I said that on live television, people. Boom. But it's true. Sex is a great thing. Sex liberation is a great thing. But the matter of the fact is, is that women aren't supposed to necessarily like it. It's, it's something for the men. And that is something that is very prominent in other cultures as we see, is that let's say she was a boy growing up and the same thing were to happen- to that little boy, they would not be cons- be concerned with his virginity-, virginity being taken away or not. Because at that point, they don't care if he's a virgin or not because it's not it's not for him to be deflowered. It's for him to deflower. So it doesn't it doesn't have the same concern almost. And if that isn't just insane. I don't I really don't know, but this was a great book. It really t- shows so many so many amazing things. But if it, it does really show gender roles in Pakistan especially at the beginning of the book where we get to see where she grows up and everything um so that'll wrap up the main part of this podcast episode three on that kind of somber note unfortunately but it is stuff that we still need to talk about because it's very important. It's very important to see what's going on. And it's very important to know what's going on in the world. That brings up the end of the episode. Uh, just to summarize what we talked about a little bit. Talked about the origins of gender roles. And how our perception of gender roles that affects us. Is prominently in North American and European cultures. There's a dog outside that's barking too. That's, that's why they're going absolutely nuts. But look at them. They're not barking now. Aw, my good puppies. (laughs) Anyways, and then how those ideas kind of stemmed from agriculture and the agriculture community and job, as well as we talked about some slight cultural differences in how gender roles are viewed in different cultures. So, that brings us to our final segment here, as you know. We're gonna break out the good old cat piano, and hopefully this time I can come up with like a longer jingle, because last time it was really short, and I'm actually kind of disappointed in myself. And also the first one was also really short, so I'm also disappointed in myself for that one. I also keep, as I'm grabbing the cat piano, I keep going away from the mic. I am so sorry guys, please don't kill me. Just kidding, I know you wouldn't. I don't know why I said that. Alrighty, so the cat piano is here. We're going to turn it on, and then we got to pick. I think we are going to go for a more, I feel like today, I feel like today was a slightly more somber episode, just because we had to talk about some deep stuff, so we're just going to go for a good old piano, you know, a good solid classic sound. Let's turn up the volume here. There you go. Okay, I'm gonna put the speaker right by the mic there we go okay I guess I gotta figure out okay here we go we're just gonna go for it or should we have like one of those things with it before as before mm, no I don't want how do I stop this now I don't want this I don't want it oh there's a stop button and it's right in the middle that would have been handy to notice my goodness okay That was my butchered welcome to the Black parade. I'm sorry I got sidetracked again. If you can't tell I actually have ADHD um, <laughs> which is why I kind of jump around sometimes in this podcast. Well, I guess that I shouldn't blame it on that exactly but if I seem a little scattered brain sometimes, I do have ADHD and that's just basically how my brain works. So let us let us begin this somber our, our somber cat piano melody to this end of this episode. Gender roles once started from farming, now they became urban, and are prominent in certain societies. Eh? That one was longer than before. I'm very proud of that one. So, that was my little jingle at the end there. Boom, gonna put the cat piano away. I'm yelling at the mic even though I'm so far away from it. I hope you can still hear me. Okay. And that will finally wrap up our second official episode, third episode because the introductory one was a little bit weirder than other ones. I hope you have a great rest of your day. I don't know why I'm talking in an accent right now. I will stop. Okay, I just, I almost need to like shake my head. Okay, anyways, have a great rest of your day. And I hope to see you guys next time. Thank you so much. And adios.